Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, you ever had one of those days where even the most minor of things irritate you? I'm having one of those days. So let me let me apologize to you in advance. If I come off uh, irritated about something, it, it, it's not your fault. Well, I kind of noticed that. Austin, did you notice that? I think we... Well, your opinion did irritate me in the first segment. But <laughs> I made it worse. That, that... <laughs> Threw gas on the fire. <laughs> you did. No, no, it's okay. I understand. And now we're going to talk to Frank Dolce, who, who's... Uh-huh always uplifting so that that will be good we want to remind you to join scotty enhance coming up on monday that's the 23rd of september from noon to three at my hearing center in sandy 8941 south 700 east suite 204 have you have you heard some of the remotes they've done for my hearing centers there's some really cool technology. Yeah. I don't have hearing problems, and I've thought of calling them. Because they have this like Bluetooth stuff where you can like hook it up to your TV or stereo. So even if you're in a room full of crowded people, you can be watching your show or whatever or listening to what's going on on yeah, the stereo. That, that is nice. How rad would that be? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you talk to anybody who, is, who has suffered from that, and it is frustrating. You know, I've always wondered, Jake, with us being in these these loud arenas so many times i've always wondered whether that would have, would affect our hearing over time and i think maybe i have lost a little bit but nothing severe at least nothing that i've noticed but you know i mean we have our headphones on every day it's cranked up loud and i, don't I, know. I was gonna say yes the arena probably would have something to do with it but those things in your ears right now do far more damage i would guess yeah, maybe and so. uh, not to say this to you but earbuds are supposed to be worse yeah for you. Well, that's good. My uh, headphones are broken. I know yeah. they are. So, you mail them back? I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to. Oh, I see. Because I I spent a pretty penny on those. I know. Didn't you buy them at the airport? Well, I've had a bunch of headphones through the years, and those are the by far the nicest I've ever had, and they've been <laughs> crappy. Well, don't first of all, don't buy headphones at the airport. Well, it was I'm sure it was, they're nice, no, but come it on. Was, it was a brand of head it was a brand of headphones that are well recognized and uh, the the price I asked the guy and I checked to see uh, if they were charging me more cuz I was on my way to to a certain location when I bought the headphones. A certain location? Hawaii. Uh, it, no, it was Aruba. No. Jamaica. Uh-uh. Ooh, I want to take yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. It was Key West. Oh. But I think it was Key West. Might uh, be one of those other places. I have so many of these. How can I possibly be expected to know which one? <laughs> but uh, he said the price was the same. I don't know if and, it's true. And you bought it. I did. I did. $1,800. <laughs> why, why, seems why would fair. you lie? You know, that salesperson was just looking out into the terminal, and he's like, where's my pigeon? <laughs> 
<laughs> that dude right there. No, because I had my phone with me and I Googled it. I thought you just said you didn't know. No, I did know. Oh. I Well, I didn't know before, but then I did know oh. after. And I don't know. It was a ballpark. It was in the ballpark. It might not have been the So $1,000 for headphones. That's a pretty good deal, huh? For both head, but the both left and the years? right? Wow. Yeah. Okay. No, wrap it up. $1,000, but, it, was, but, but it, broke. it broke inside of like three months. You guys know this. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Uh, visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, he is our Ute insider. You can hear him on Friday, part of our Ute pre and post-game coverage, and he joins us weekly here on The Big Show. He is Frank Dolce. What up, Frank? Hey, good afternoon, guys. I've never spent more than $500 on headphones. Oh, is that never more than that? Is that all? Eh, Frank, can you speak Never up? more. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Frank, uh, I got to say, I had a good time on Saturday, man. We had fun uh, doing pre and post for that Idaho State game. I know the game wasn't, you know, the most entertaining game in the world, but I, I thought we put together a pretty good show. You know, it, we didn't have a lot of material with which to work. And I think what, you know, what we were able to mold out of that was fairly impressive uh, because that game was – I'm not going to call that game a stinker. I mean, U- Utah did what they needed to do, but, but it, you know, it was, it was not quite the competitive college football contest that people hoped for. I, I'm curious about – if the fans left or didn't show up and if Coach Whittingham called Nick Saban about how to manage that appropriately. <laughs> tell uh, tell all of us one good thing about Idaho State football. The, the game no, or Idaho State Idaho in State particular? Fo- no, the, the rival, yeah. The third that was the third rivalry game in a in a row for Utah, so <laughs> it was nice to see the Utes come out on top against the the mighty Bengals, and uh, the best, I will tell you the best thing that happened relative to Utah-Idaho State. I was listening to the Idaho State radio broadcast, which was fairly entertaining, and at one point, uh, the, the Idaho State, you know, the Idaho State guys kept saying things like, oh, if we, you know, if we just didn't make some of these mistakes. <laughs> You know, like maybe we'd be in, maybe we'd be in this game, and and you know they were talking about well you know you got to yeah you have to play these games and and you take your lumps and the color commentator said something along the lines of yep you know you got to come here you got to take your medicine and I just hope the check doesn't bounce. <laughs> and I thought I thought that was hilarious. He just kind of put it all into per- per- perspective. That's what you go down there for. And by the way, that check, whatever they earned, which I would, I'm guessing is on the order of $500,000, that check not only supports what the football program and what they're doing, but it supports lots of programs, lots of athletic programs, and provides lots of opportunities on campus. So... I mean, I, I think there's what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is you take a game like that, it's kind of a stinker for Utah. You get your win, um, but there's certainly a benefit for for Idaho State. Well, let's talk about the benefit for Utah, Frank. Did did the the team get the work they needed to to properly prepare them for uh, the game this week against USC? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't. I would say no. 
I mean, I think the team improved like they should. It, Utah managed Idaho State the way they should. I mean, it should be kind of a, a boring game. Utah should run the ball effectively. They certainly did that. Throw the ball effectively. Yep, no turnovers, no sacks, dominating defensive effort, all of the things that they did. All the, but, but the problem I see is that, you know, when you, when you, it, it happens a lot when you go into any, any athletic event. The team that kind of has to grind through a series, like especially like a playoff series in the NBA, the team that has to grind through a series and finds their themselves on the next series, that's the team I always think is the hardest team to beat because they understand the mentality, the toughness it takes to get through that series. And I don't know that Utah has been pushed to that level yet. They're going to get pushed on Saturday, and now we have to see – how they'll respond. We don't have like a, a good sample size to see how they'll respond under significant pressure. So that's a big wild card going into this game again, into a, a game against a team that's, you know, has their back against the wall. And are they going to rally around the coach who's, who knows if he's going to make it through the season or, or the end of the season? And, and there's tons of athleticism. So I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a very challenging, very difficult matchup for Utah this weekend. They're going to rally around the coach, all right. The question is, which coach? It's going to be Clay Helton or Urban Meyer? I don't know, one or the other. So, based on the information that you've seen, you've gathered on USC, how do you see this game playing out? What do you think? Uh, what What is the challenge that USC is going to offer the Utes? Is it that air raid offense? And if the freshman quarterback can eliminate some of the mistakes, then that's a real threat to Utah's secondary. Or do you? What, what are you seeing? It's it's the athleticism. I don't know that it's the scheme per se. I mean, I I think you could say, well, USC is running the pro style offense this year, or USC is running the spread at the option attack this year, or or USC is running the air raid offense. I don't necessarily believe the scheme is the difference for USC. I believe it's the athleticism on the field that is almost always the difference. And then you have to execute correctly, absolutely. But, but to me, it's who knows when, when that, all of that talent and all of that athleticism is going to, is going to explode on, on the football field. So I thought maybe we saw it against Stanford, but then Stanford turned around and they don't look like they're that that's spectacular. So maybe that game against Stanford wasn't that telling for, for USC. And, and then certainly the mistakes USC made against BYU were, were damning in that game. It's, it's, it's just the, it's the talent, the ability to, to make incredible plays because of the physical attributes of the guys on the field. That's the thing that makes me the most nervous. I'm, uh, you know, I thought USC got outcoached last weekend. And I would say that, that Coach Whittingham is going to have his team prepared and ready to play. And the, the difference in the athleticism isn't as great as it used to be, but I still think that the advantage goes to the Trojans. Frank Dolce with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You talk about BYU's game plan, how they dropped eight. Uh, do you expect Utah to do something similar, or is that not necessary for the Utes? I don't expect Utah to, to deviate from their typical game plan unless it's necessary. I would, I would suspect that Utah would incorporate that style of defense in particular situations 
uh, just as a mix-up to what they do. But you just you can't go into this game and say, hey, we're going to trick everything up and we're going to go away from what we do because Utah doesn't. It's a good matchup because Utah matches up physically with USC really well. So you don't you don't have to change necessarily change your scheme. You have to execute your scheme. And I would suspect Utah to to do the same thing. Rush their four guys. Have the two linebackers. Uh, five defensive backs run their scheme and then at times mix it up because you do have a freshman quarterback and you want to give him different looks and you want to make him think and you want to make him stand in the pocket and you want to make him really decide what he wants to do with the ball before he does anything with it. So the, the worst thing that could happen to Utah is you let USC – offensively get into any sort of rhythm or let the coach or or let the uh, quarterback get into any sort of rhythm, because that's when, you you know, four wide receivers that are likely all going to be drafted in the first three rounds, they they can wreak havoc on a defense. So man for man, which program do you think has better athletes overall? USC. So then the difference between these two teams is the way that talent is organized, the way it's coached up. Yeah, yeah. I I said that I said that uh, Slovis was mentally and physically prepared to play against Stanford, and it sure looked like that. Um, and then they had the athletic advantage, certain significant athletic advantage in that game, and and the execution was good, and and it all went USC's way. Uh, I would say that he was not mentally prepared as well to go against BYU. And I, I don't know what happened on the sidelines. Like what, where were the coaching adjustments on the sidelines? Where, when did somebody come over to him and say, Hey, you know, they're dropping eight people into coverage. That's going to make passing lanes really tight and really difficult. And you have time to throw. They're only rushing three. So take your time. And find the open guy. You know, they're not going to put pressure on you just rushing three guys. Or, you know, why didn't someone say, hey, you know, they're only rushing three. Let's, let's uh, beat them up in the run game a little bit here and there. It seems like they did that a little bit, and then they went away from it. So, so that's what I mean is I just don't think that, that the coaching, the, the adjustments occurred during that football game against BYU for USC because athletically I don't think it's a contest. You, you might say that that uh, Zach Wilson is the X factor because they couldn't, you know, he's very difficult to stop. And, and USC certainly had a, dif- a difficult time slowing him. So maybe he's the X factor. But, but athletically, I just don't think there's any question that USC brought a superior, talent-wise, a superior team. Frank, one of the very few positions Utah had turnover at this year was offensive line, and we talked a lot about that throughout camp. And it seems so far, anyway, through three games, like they've performed really well. Would you agree? I think they need to get better. I, I think they've done, like, when you, when you go through three games, no matter what three games you play and you don't give up any sacks, then, you know, you're going you're to say, well, that's, that's pretty darn good. But uh, then you have to say, well, you know, Tyler Huntley escaped a few times as well. So, you know, that's, that's a good combination of decent play up front and a quarterback that has some escapability. And then when you say, well, Zach Moss ran for over 10 yards to carry against Idaho State, well, he should. I mean, the, the offensive line should do that against against Idaho State. Well, his average wasn't quite that good against, against Northern Illinois. I mean, that, that was uh, four-point 
per, per carry average. So that's not great. That's not Zach Moss numbers. So shouldn't you dominate Northern Illinois? I mean, that's a, that's a team that you should, you seems like you should beat up a little bit, even though they're, they're pretty darn good. Different conferences, different talent levels. So I think the offensive line has at times been really good. They're better than I thought they were going to be or better than maybe I was, you know, thinking they would come out of camp with all of the with, with all of the question marks about that group. But this is going to be their most significant test, and those guys are going to have to perform extremely well. You just don't – I think Tyler Huntley's been very good making decisions, and he's going to have to be very good making decisions on, on Friday night. And you just don't want to put him in a situation where he doesn't have enough time in the pocket or he's throwing under duress because that – seems to spell doom for the youth offensively. So what are you, uh, what are you predicting as far as a, a score goes for this game Friday night? Uh, and the reason I ask that is not just because I want to find out who you think is going to win, but uh, the nature of the game. Uh, do you think it'll be there will be points scored? Do you think it'll be low scoring? How do you think it's going to roll? To be honest, I think it's more of a low-scoring low affair, even though USC is giving up lots of yardage. Um, I, I, I just feel like everything with everything at stake in the conference game and at the Coliseum, and I just think it's a low-scoring affair, sort of like a 24 to 17 kind of a game. Uh, maybe a you know a, a you know a, a, a street fight at the line of scrimmage, a brawl sort of a, sort of a game, because that's what you know Utah wants to make it that. Utah wants to make it a brawl. They feel like they have the advantage there. They want Zach Moss to punish people, and they want to be good at the line of scrimmage, and then you want to keep you off balance in the passing game. And maybe we'll see them open up the offense a little bit more for for Tyler Huntley, especially in the run game, Um, and then just win the battle at the defensive line and force bad plays and – Take away the run game and force bad throws, and so so I just don't see it necessarily going into like a, you know, up into the 30s. If Utah gets into the 30s, I think they win that game. I I just don't see it happening. I think it's a 24-17 kind of bloodbath, and Utah comes out on it. You can catch Frank coming up on Friday night with Hans Olsen starting at 6 o'clock at the point after for our Ute pregame and, of course, Ute postgame at the point immediately following. Frank, enjoy the food down there, and we'll catch up with you next week. I really appreciate it. I hope to get a chance to work with you again on the pre- and postgame show, although I think Hans, uh, there's a jealousy factor that he might be inserting himself into that (laughs) broadcast. He should be jealous. We have great chemistry. Absolutely. There's no question. Thanks, buddy. You're the man. Thanks, you guys. Frank Dolce. Did you just break your armpit and yourself on the back? Well, yeah, I did. I kind of strained it. I don't know if I broke it, but, you know, a little sore. (laughs) I'll be all right. I'll survive. That's Uh, good stuff. Do you agree with Frank? Do you think it's going to be kind of a defensive struggle? Um... No, not necessarily. His defense is not particularly good. Yeah, or hasn't performed that way. But I, I mean, like we always talk about, they've got athletes on that side of the ball. So yeah. if they actually decide to play, then certainly it could turn out that way. This is one of those games where you absolutely have to agree with Kyle Whittingham about the turnover factor. Yeah, uh, that's just huge here. Tony Castricone 
is going to join us coming up in the next segment. But joining us now in studio, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic, helping our listeners bring a little spark back into the bedroom. We are. We, uh, we've been in the Murray area for quite some time now. And we're open in St. George, by the way. I All right. mentioned that. Nice. Yeah, we are open in southern Utah. We got a lot of calls down there. Apparently, there's a lot of guys in St. George with ED, so finally expanded. Um, we've got a new treatment called acoustic wave therapy. The reason um, it's been so popular is it eliminates the need for medication. This is huge for a lot of reasons. Um, no pills, no injections, no hormones, no threat of surgery. Uh, guys struggling with the headaches. It, it doesn't really work in the first place. If it does, they have side effects. This eliminates the need for that. So typically, a patient would come in and do a few treatments over two to three weeks. It's gentle. It's done on top of the skin, non-invasive, and that's it. Not something you have to repeat like the meds. Normal function in the bedroom by opening up the blood vessels in this part of the body. You know, until we started uh, chatting with you, Andrew, I had no idea how much people struggled with the other treatments. I mean, when we think about the yeah. pills and that sort of thing, you think about the commercials with the dude with the smile on yeah. his face. And you know what? That's <laughs> that's not always the case. Right. Well, and then at the end of the commercial, they list the 80 things that can go wrong. Right. <laughs> you know, so... You've got to pay attention to that, Yeah, maybe. you have to pay attention to that. And it's, it's been true. Um, blurred vision, headaches, hangover feeling the next day. I, I've heard it all. Uh, and it, it just doesn't work for maybe 50% of the men in the first place. Hmm. And we wouldn't exist if there was a good solution out there. This is a gap in medical care. Um, so this treatment really has been you know, a, a saving grace to a lot of guys. All right. Give them a call. Find out what they can do for you. 801-901-8000. And you've got a great deal for our listeners that really takes the risk out of it. Yeah. We know guys are embarrassed and, and hesitant to come in. If you want to call now, we will do an initial assessment, exam, blood flow ultrasound. A medical doctor who's treated a lot of this will sit down with you and do an analysis of you and why you have ED. Normally a few hundred dollars. Call us now. We're going to do it totally free. There's no obligation whatsoever to do the actual treatments. You can just come in and get the information. 801-901-8000. Give them a call. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll have more coming up next. We'll talk to the play-by-play voice of the Washington Huskies, Tony uh, Castricone. A? Is it A or just Cone? Castricone. You're doing a good job with that name, though. So I, I'm trying. But, you know, our good friend Trent Falcone, he likes the A. <laughs> Oh, no, maybe it's Castricone. I used to call him Falcone because it really irritated him. I mean, it's Dolce, Frank Dolce. It is Dolce. It's not Dolce. Castricone. <laughs> I'm going with Cone. It's, it feels more authentic. Stay tuned. We'll find out next. We will. Are you going to move your hand like that when you say it? No. I'm, I'm Tony Castricone. <laughs> more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Riley Jensen joining us, College Football Insider. I mean, honestly, I think BYU's back. And I don't even care what happens this weekend. I think BYU's back. There'll be nothing to hang their head about after this weekend. And quite honestly, if they come out of this 3-1, and one, I mean, I never would have told you they'd be 3-1. and one. And if they're 2-2, two and two, that's still super impressive. And so I really think BYU's back. And the reason why is, is I think we all know that Zach Wilson is a good quarterback. You're going to see him really start to come into his own. Because I think he's played solid football. I don't think he's played lights out football and they're still winning football games i mean when he starts playing lights out i think BYU's a scary team right now catch dj and pk mornings from 6 till 10 presented by wcf insurance reminding you to be careful out there on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network out
And Jake Scott, 97.5, uh, 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you, if you are buying or selling a home, Homie will give you up to $5,000 back to help with your closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. We're going to talk to, we're going to talk some uh, Huskies football with the voice of the Huskies coming up momentarily. Tony Castricone is going to uh, join us. Fun weekend, Gordon. Having uh, the youth play USC down in LA and the Huskies coming to Provo to take on BYU. It certainly does not get much better than that. Let's jump out to the Sprint special guest line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, the voice of the Huskies, Tony Castricone on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Tony, thanks for a few minutes. How you doing? I'm good. How about you guys? Hey, we're doing terrific. We were just saying that uh, this weekend of football around here is is awesome from uh, from an opponent standpoint. I, I shouldn't leave out Utah State taking on San Diego State. That's going to be a great game. But certainly the Huskies, anytime they come to town, Tony, you know it's going to be uh, a great show to watch. Yeah, I, I think it should be a good game. I think both teams at, at two and one already feel like uh, they really can't afford to have another slip up. So you've got that going on. And, you know, this is a good matchup. I think, uh, you know, this is a BYU offense that is going to, is probably going to look a lot different than it did when it came to Seattle last year. The Huskies probably played one of their best games of the season against BYU last year in their 35 to 7 win. That, that was just a night where the Huskies executed really well. And of course, uh, Wilson hadn't yet taken over a quarterback for Mangum uh, at the time that BYU came here. So, you know, I, I think it should be a different game. Obviously, uh, Provo is a great home field advantage for BYU. And I, I expect it to be a good football game. What will happen if BYU does some of the things it did against USC, dropping guys back into coverage, uh, trying to bait uh, Easton into making some mistakes? The Huskies' run game is too good for that, isn't it? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what the pros and cons of of all that game planning and scheming uh, is, and and how it'll actually come to fruition on Saturday. I, I know the the Huskies are balanced. It's it's a good balanced offense. Um, you know, you, you kind of have a three headed monster at running back, which is a great thing. Uh, Savan Ahmed is the incumbent. He's the guy that was kind of the backup for Miles Gaskin the last couple of years, and now as a junior, he's got great open field speed. But but truthfully. Um, you know, Sean McGrew, who's, who's kind of a tiny step back but has really good footwork, is coming off a career-high 63 yards against Hawaii, and I thought I had one of his better games. And then I think we're all excited about this freshman, Richard Newton, who um, is just a powerful downhill runner and already has four touchdown runs on the season. And so I, I really think all three of the backs present their own challenges. And I think when you look at the wide receiving core – um, you know, it's a veteran group, uh, and the Huskies might have the best tight end in the conference in Hunter Bryant. And so it's a versatile, multiple offense that I, I think is capable of, of hurting teams in a variety of ways. But, but yeah, I mean, BYU's strength has been their defense under Kalani Satake, and I, I know that they've got a lot of playmakers back there as well. Tony Castricone with us, voice of the Huskies on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tell us, uh, what are the early returns on Jacob Eason? What have you seen? 
Yeah, pretty good. I mean, he's got a heck of an arm. Maybe the uh, most exciting throw he's had all season was an incompletion where he overshot the receiver by a good three or four steps, but he just sent the ball 70 yards in the air, and we've kind of joked this week that if he could throw it 70 yards at sea level, what's he going to do in Provo, you know? Um, yeah, he's just got a cannon of an arm. He's a great kid, too. Uh, and I think maybe the most impressive thing was uh, there, there was just some talk about you know, how is he going to adjust to running this different sort of offense? And obviously the quarterback position is such a cerebral one. You know, has he developed since his time at Georgia in that way? And I just love the, the seven touchdown, one interception, even the one pick that he had. You know, I mean, it was against an elite defense where, where the guy just kind of went up and made a play against Hunter Bryant. Um, you know, I, I think he's done a nice job of taking care of the football uh, completing at a high percentage, 69%. And um, just, I, I don't know, there, there's an excitement, there's an explosiveness to this offense that as good as Jake Browning was, as great of a game manager as he was, and as great of, uh, of a leader as he was for four years, there's this excite, there's this pop on the deep ball that, that has certainly excited Husky fans through the first three games. What happened against Cal? What, uh, to what do you attribute that result? A lot of factors. Um, I, I don't think I, I don't, I don't want to say that I, I think Washington's the better team um, because Cal has now won two in a row against Washington, and and certainly it's a good matchup. And they've got a really elite defense, um, and 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 uh, BYU fans know about that um, from from having played Cal last year. But I, I think you know it was a weird night here at Husky Stadium. I mean, it was a night game. The energy was popping. We had Mike McCready from Pearl Jam played the national anthem in a like tribute to Jimi Hendrix sort of way. And I mean, it was just there was seventy thousand people screaming and rocking, and it was the legit home field advantage you know it can be. And then the lightning came in, and we had a surreal, severe thunderstorm that lasted for two and a half hours. And by the time we resumed football at 10.30 p.m. Pacific time, you know, 9.46 left in the first quarter, it's like we're starting a whole new game in front of 10,000 people. I mean, it was just strange. And Washington actually was the aggressor out of the gate. They they had... uh, you know, jumped out to a 10 nothing lead, and it looked like it was going to be their day and kind of one of those slow, slugfest sort of games. But in the third quarter, Cal just put together two long, slow drives where they ate up the clock. And it was a young – it's a young Husky defense. They only returned two starters from last year. Extremely talented. Got talent all over the place, but – Cal, with its big running back, ran downhill and uh, and put together a couple long drives, some key third-down conversions. And and when they got in the red zone, they finished with touchdowns. When the Huskies got in the red zone, they finished with field goals. And ultimately, you lose a game by one point. I mean, that's, that's a real clear uh, line of demarcation and the difference between the two. But, you know, uh, it was a, a strong running back in Christopher Brown, 230 pounds. You look at Tyson Williams, he kind of reminds you of the same thing. Um, you know, so, so we'll see if BYU can sustain drives and then finish them with touchdowns. That'll give them a great chance of pulling off the win. Tony, what would you say is the strength of this year's Washington team? What is keeping Coach Satake up at night? You know, I, I don't know that I've figured out yet uh, through three games what this team is elite at. 
I think right now it's a team that's really good at a lot of things. Um, but you know, how you, you never want to be the jack of all trades, master of none. Um, maybe maybe there is an area that the Huskies would like to take that next step and be elite in a certain department. Uh, I think the area of pleasant surprise so far has been special teams. It was an area that the Huskies struggled in a little bit last year, but Peyton Henry's been perfect on field goals and PATs, including a 49-yarder. That, that almost was the game winner against Cal until they, they put together a last second drive. Um, you know, I, I think uh, really, I, I think you just have to see Jacob Eason's arm and his ability to find guys downfield. And uh, I, I think that, yes, as talented as BYU is in the secondary and, and bringing eight starters back on defense, they've got a lot of reasons to believe they can handle Washington's deep ball, but there's multiple deep threats. And I think it, it could be the home run ball that maybe changes some things in Washington's favor if they're able to complete those passes. If they're not, you know, and, and you've got to respect Washington's ground game. That's the thing. You can't just, like, prepare for the deep ball because Washington can run the football. But if, if BYU can control the line of scrimmage and stop Washington's running game and force Jacob Beeson to throw the ball, then those deep balls become less of a threat because you know they're coming. So related question, Tony, uh, I guess more specific, if there was one player you were going to point out that uh, fans, football fans up here in Utah should keep an eye on Saturday, who, who, which name would you give? I would say Hunter Bryant, I think, is one of the most underrated tight ends in the country. He's a great pass catcher at that tight end position. I think he's going to make a lot of money playing football. Um, you know, where's number one and, and really just has a, you know, he's a big target. He's kind of undersized from a height standpoint, but, man, very muscular and very courageous. He, he'll take a shot over the middle and hold on to the football like anybody else in the country. And then from the running game standpoint, I, I really like 28, another freshman, Richard Newton, um, you know, four touchdown runs already and, and just a real physical runner, kind of a classic running back and uh, really like what he's done so far this season. Well, Tony, we th- uh, thank you so much for a few minutes of your time and uh, look forward to the game certainly on Saturday. We'll see you down in Provo. All right, fellas. Thank you. Thanks, Tony. Tony Castricone, voice of the Washington Huskies. Man, after listening to him, I I, I imagine football fans around here would be really excited to watch that game. Oh, I would think so. I mean, he painted a different picture than you did about the Huskies before the season started. You were never all that impressed, but uh, Tony makes it sound like this team is really worth watching. Well, I think they are worth it. I mean, it's a Chris Peterson team. I just don't think they're going to be as good as last year, and I think people were still assuming that they were. They're just turning over a lot of players. But see, I I took a lot of a, a different vibe from him. I took a vibe that he, there's still a lot of un, unknowns. I mean, when I asked him, you know, what's the strength of this team, he said, oh, you know, we've still got to find out. They're kind of good at everything. <laughs> Kind of good. And, it's kind of good, good enough. And, he, you know, we talked about Jacob Eason. He said he has a good arm and he's a great kid, but he didn't really, you know, talk about him being dynamic as yeah, of yet. His, so yeah, I, but their ability to throw the ball with that big arm. And he's a big guy. He's like, wasn't he 6'6", 230 or something like that? Yeah. Um, when you have that capability and then you have that run game that the Huskies have, that, you know, that's, that's tough to – to be everywhere. The only real definitive 
thing that I took from him is they really like their tight end, Hunter Bryant. Yeah, he did say that twice. <laughs> yeah, so, no, no, I thought he was terrific. Don't get me wrong. And I, I thought he gave a great insight. But I, You think he's better than the Huskies? I wasn't reading that he was saying this is a great team coming to Provo. I thought he actually sounded like there was still some stuff that we got to figure out about these guys. Okay. Was I was I up in the night? No, I mean you could take uh, both what you took and what I took from it, uh, I guess. But I, I guess I just have so much respect for Chris Peterson that I always expect his team to be really tough, and they probably will be. And it's not the same team as a year ago, but man, I'll tell you, the Huskies—they just took it to the Cougars. They went up thirty-five nothing in that game, and it was over. I mean, it was it was very difficult for them. And the athleticism of the Huskies was impressive. Right. And, and all by, those by guys are gone. I'm not just talking about the speed guys. I'm talking about those big linemen. Right. They were tough. And now they're playing on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they're gone. And you could certainly make an argument that Washington underachieved last year with all those players. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, in the Pac-12 championship game, it, it, it was tough for them to score some points. It was ugly. That was. That was ugly. It was. That wasn't just ugly. It was ugly. And you could make an argument that, that Utah, I mean, if Washington is as good as all that, you could make an argument that Utah should have gotten blown off the field in that game and that it was anything but. Right. Because they were playing with a backup quarterback, backup running back, and Washington's got this senior-laden squad that's all headed to the pros. <laughs> and that game was very much up in the air. Well, we'll see what happens on Saturday. I... I, I so uh, let me ask you the same question about that game that I asked Frank about Utah USC. Do you think it'll be high scoring? No. So we're we looking at twenty one seventeen, something like that. Well, that's how BYU stays in the game. If it's high scoring, I think it's gonna be tough. Mm-hmm. But if it's low scoring and BYU has another defensive effort like they did last week, absolutely they're gonna be in the we, game. We've talked with Kalani enough to know what his number one goal is on the defensive side of the ball every game is to stop or slow the run. Mm-hmm. He's gonna to have to on yep. Saturday. He no is. doubt about that. Not sports report next, ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. I got the high school games coming up. And by the way, just a a side thing. Big thanks to Jeremy Brunner for his work in the truck. Always enjoy it when he produces the game. Jeremy's a pro. Oh, I love it. Is that a shot at Adrian? And Damon, I feel like it was. And just so you know, just just a quick side nod here. I wish Jeremy could be my producer every day. (laughs) I make a comment, and it must be a shot at somebody. It must be. You looked right at Adrian when you were saying. I was talking TV. (laughs) I always get myself in trouble because of you guys. I did not say Jeremy does a great job on TV and Adrian sucks on radio. I did not say that. You did now. Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for the Not Sports Report. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Well, we're going to India, but before we get there, I've got to run a question by you. Apparently, Variety Magazine or whatever... They did an interview with Norman Lear. 
the infamous producer, TV and movies and whatnot. Okay. And he he was a he was the one that was behind uh, Princess Bride, the Princess Bride. All right. And he was asked about a remake, a redo. What do you call those? A reboot. A reboot of the Princess Bride. And apparently, people on Twitter went crazy. Oh, I hope they don't reboot a Princess Bride. I'm one hundred percent with the with the uh, internet mob here. <laughs> Stop remaking these great movies. You're just ruining them. Stop it. The guy who starred in that, Carrie, what's always, it, uh, always, he said that he tweeted, always. he tweeted out essentially. There are very few perfect movies. This, this is one of them. Don't don't add there too or redo it. Or I whatever. agree with him. That's now, hold hold on hold on. I'm sorry. He he tweeted out that that what you're saying but he used a line from the movie uh, and altered it he okay. said there are very few perfect movies it'd be shame to ruin one like he says in the movie okay. about all right buttercup it'd uh. be a shame there's very few perfect things in this world it'd be a shame to ruin okay so i agree with that leave that alone yeah just like they're redoing coming to america stop it no that's not redoing it that's a sequel still stop it knock it off <laughs> well that's a little more acceptable Remember when they redid the Bad News Bears with... Uh, Walter Matthau? PK's yeah, brother? But they used uh, Angelina Jolie's ex-husband. What's that? Oh, Billy Bob Billy Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, uh, stop it. Speaking yeah, of, I never saw Speaking it. of Billy Bob Thornton, you know who he looks like? The two of them a little bit? Chris Peterson. Can you see it? Can you see it? I don't know. Can you see it? You can see it. You Which think- Chris Peterson? The Washington head coach? Yes. I don't know. No? Not at all? All right. Then I have this story real quick from India. Uh, Can I say fart on the air? Sure. I I don't know if I can. Can I? Uh, Yeah, you can say that if you... Well, apparently there's uh, a contest in India, a town called S-U-R-A-T, Surat. How do you say that? Surat? That sounds right. It's It's a competition. It's called What the Fart. What the Fart... I'm reading the, the press release here, will be held in the city of Surat in India on the 22nd of September and will be putting all things fart-related into the spotlight. Contestants will be tested on how loud, long, and musical their gaseous releases are. Apparently, a bunch of people are signing up for it uh, to take part in the competition. And apparently the most successful farters will get a trophy and a cash prize. <laughs> I'm not participating in this. <laughs> what do you mean? This is all you. It's a, it's, a, it's a competition here. And we don't often talk about this openly, you know. <laughs> if we were going to send someone from from the zone, nope. who would we, who nope. would we send? No, you're not, not going to. I'm not on. participating. Not, not, no, not, you're just going to leave me out here. I'm huh? just going to leave you. Leave you there. All right. Well, if anybody's interested in that, you better hurry up and sign up. Maybe it's too late, but I don't think you want to go all the way to India. But uh, you know, I think Indian food probably would do it. Joining us now in wow. studio, 
from Wasatch Medical Clinic. He is our good friend, Andrew Reinhardt, who actually has some information that may be useful to our listeners. <laughs> Hello, Andrew. Hello there. Let's help our listeners, actually. Some of them might be struggling with their relationships in this yeah. certain way, and we're here to help. Yeah, we are. Uh, Wasatch Medical has a clinic here in Murray and St. George. Um, we use a treatment for erectile dysfunction called acoustic wave therapy. This is totally new. Even though it's been FDA cleared for a while now, totally new to most guys. They're so used to taking a pill or a supplement or an injection. Um, This treatment, typically with just a few, like three or four treatments over two to three weeks, will restore normal function in the bedroom by opening up and regrowing blood vessels in this part of the body. Um, They call that neovascularization, by the way. So it's kind of this cool process. It's natural. It's no, there's no side effects, no pills that you have to take, and it's long lasting. So not something you have to repeat. You know, what sounds uh, appealing about it to me is you're not, you're not treating the symptom, you're treating the cause. And that, that seems like a big deal. Yeah. And when you take a pill, it does increase blood flow, but throughout the whole body. So you increase blood flow into your head. That's why you get a headache and your eyes. That's why they get bloodshot. Hmm. So you deal with those side effects, whereas this is targeted and done on this part of the body, so more blood flow where you want it, when you want it. And this isn't a thing where you're going in once a week. You just right. a couple of procedures and then back to normal. Right, back to normal. Um, so if we're in mid-September, by October 1st, you could be back to normal, maybe first wow. week of October. That's pretty quick. Um, and, and you'll start to see immediate results as you go through the treatments. All right, here's the number to call, 801-901-8000, and you're totally taking the risk out of this for our listeners. We are. We know guys are embarrassed and hesitant. Um, If you're struggling with ED and sick of the pills, call us right now. Uh, We're doing an analysis, a consultation with a medical doctor. Uh, We're doing a blood flow ultrasound to check for any blockages. Normally, that's a few hundred dollars, but call us now. It's no cost, and more importantly, the no cost is no obligation, no sales pitch, Come in, see where you're at, and decide from there. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you, guys. David Locke joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. There were a lot of players who had really good moments in that game. You know, Wilson was a stud. Tyson Williams is coming into form. But to me, I was blown away by the overall dominating nature of Kairos Tonga in that game. Like, he was a man among boys. And you take a four- or five-star center, and he was getting walked in that backfield time and time again. I hope somebody in Legends Hall has a horse tenderloin on the grill for Mr. Tonga because he earned it. <laughs> what is this, Mr. Chef? This is the third day of the week. <laughs> well, this is shredded horse. Yesterday was horse roast. Yeah, but I wasn't real sure about the horse brisket. Well, tomorrow we're having horse rump, so get used to it. Kairos likes it. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.